Hey guys, welcome back to the Tackles and Turnovers podcast. I'm your co-host, uh, Stephen Sheehan, and I'm joined here by Andrew. Uh, this is episode six for us, and today we're going to be covering the NFC West. So we've already covered the NFC East, the NFC North, and if you tuned into those episodes, you've uh, heard me rant and rave and destroy a few GMs and coaches. Today, we're actually going to be taking more of a positive approach because I think Andrew and I both agree that the NFC West is probably the most talented division in all of football. Uh, you know, they have a lot of great young players there. They have Kyler Murray, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. We have Jared Goff, and we have a ton of other young guys that are really exciting talents that we think could be superstars. And I think it's going to be an extremely competitive division. So we're going to do a deep dive into the NFC West and take a look at all the offseason moves, the draft, the free agency trades that happened within the division. But first of all, we actually have to cover a player from the NFC West and it's not for such a good reason. So uh, last week, you know, if you are, not keeping up with the news, Quentin Dunbar, who is a cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, along with DeAndre Baker, a second-year cornerback for the New York Giants. They were both uh, involved, allegedly, um, in an armed robbery that took place right in our backyard in Miramar, Florida. So Miramar police were busy uh, even during this quarantine and uh, coronavirus pandemic, and they supposedly were involved, like I said, in an armed robbery that involved guns and stealing thousands of dollars of cash and watches. Um, you know, both players reportedly, you know, denied or, you know, did not plead guilty or whatnot, you know, seem to be going along the lines of this is not what it seems to look like on the surface. But, you know, when you're looking at it from a Seahawks perspective, you know, this is a huge mistake, even if, you know, even if it doesn't turn out to be quite as bad as it looks. I mean, just being associated with something like this, where you're, you know, threatening people's lives and, and stealing money and watches and all that nonsense. Not a good look for Quentin Dunbar, especially, uh, you know, hasn't even suited up for the Seahawks yet. And ironically, this news broke on the same day that he had a huge like teleconference that was posted on the Seahawks website. So that was pretty ironic. Uh, he could have, you know, basically ended his Seattle career already without even shooting up for them. Um, and the worst part is, is this guy has actually been quietly a rising star in the NFL uh, with the Washington Redskins after coming out of the University of Florida. Go Gators. Uh, he actually played wide receiver in college, transitioned to the corner, and has kind of become an unsung star, like I said, for the Redskins. And he wanted a big contract and the Redskins with a new regime weren't willing to give it to him. So they actually traded him this offseason to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick, which looked like a steal. Um, obviously, they needed to revamp that secondary after losing Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas. And basically, the Legion of Boom is gone. We'll get into that a little bit later. And this guy was probably poised to break the bank possibly during the season or certainly after if he put together another strong year. But this definitely, you know, puts that in jeopardy, if not, you know, removes that possibility entirely. So, you know, between Quentin Dunbar and DeAndre Baker, who was the Giants' first-round pick, one of their first-round picks last year, um, you know, these are two guys that might have cost themselves millions in their NFL careers. Obviously, the legal process has to play out. But, you know, Andrew, what do you think of these two guys? As as we like to say in the offseason, no news is good news. So both the Seahawks and the Giants uh, can't be pleased with what happened with these two uh, young cornerbacks. Right. And, you know, I think one of the biggest one of the biggest things is, you know, uh, you know, that there's no sports going on. You know, it's kind of like a dead period of the NFL. 
And, you know, if you commit or, you know, allegedly commit something stupid like this, um, it's going to make front page of most papers, you know, especially since one of the players plays for a New York team. Um, so, I, you know, obviously it's unfortunate. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's something that you never want to see. Um, and you always are kind of disappointed when you do see it, especially for an athlete making so much money. Um, you know, we don't want to get too much into it or anything. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's just unfortunate that, you know, there's nothing else to cover in the NFL um, but this kind of news. So, um, yeah, uh, eight counts, dude. <laughs> I don't want to get too much into it, but eight counts of premeditated robbery is pretty crazy, dude. So, you know, and for the with, you know, the five claimants also signing affidavits that um, it's it's definitely a wild story going on over here. And, you know, definitely unfortunate for Clinton Dunbar um, because you're right, he is an up-and-coming DB, and DBs are very important. Um, and, you know, especially since he signed with Seattle, you know, the Legion of Boom hasn't quite been what it's originally has. And, you know, they're trying to bring something back there in Seattle. And one of their prize DBs go, does something like this or doesn't do something like this. The point is he gets in trouble. It's not a good look, you know, and it's it sucks, you know, but, you know, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see what happens with the legal process and what the Seahawks end up doing with Quentin Dunbar, whether they cut him and they can save, I believe it's about $3.4 million and have no dead money or whether they, you know, give him another chance or let this play out further because this is a guy, like I said, who could have been in line for a life-changing contract, uh, which I wrote about on sportscasting.com. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see that. And also with DeAndre Baker, a guy that entered the NFL with character concerns coming out of Georgia, he was the first cornerback taken in 2019, but he lasted until the 30th overall pick. Uh, Had an okay rookie season, but, you know, this certainly did nothing to, you know, to make Dave Gettleman haters uh, or supporters in this case, like, you know, this is just another possible stain on his legacy, Um, you know, taking this guy in the first round and, you know, after a season, he's already getting into trouble when, you know, there were a lot of concerns about him. So um, interesting legal situations to follow. And, you know, if anything unfolds, we'll definitely cover it in a future episode. But uh, today the focus is uh, actually going to be on the NFC West. And we are actually going to start with the Seahawks. So this is a team that obviously has been a consistent playoff team, but they have not been able to kind of get back over the hump after my New England Patriots and Malcolm Butler stole the Super Bowl from them um, at the one yard line. And, you know, Russell Wilson threw that game losing interception, but I can't really put that too much on him. That had a lot more to do with the play calling. Still don't understand how you don't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch again, but (laughs) that's, that's a few years ago. We're looking to the future and the present. And right now the Seahawks are a team that, you know, they've paid Russell Wilson, huge money, $140 million contract. Currently the highest paid player in the NFL probably won't last for long because we obviously know Dak Prescott's trying to beat him out in that regard. And Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson will be coming up for new deals soon. But, you know, he's obviously the star player on offense. Um, They brought in Greg Olson at tight end, who, you know, is definitely long in the tooth. But that's definitely a nice move for a team that, you know, could use an upgrade at that position after getting rid of Jimmy Graham, who the Packers somehow decided are, you know, 
was worth money uh, a year or two ago. And now the bears have gotten on the Jimmy Graham train. So good luck to you, Ryan Pace. Uh, but you know, last year, the Seahawks second round pick DK Metcalf, who was an absolute physical freak, you know, just destroyed the combine. He actually had a very nice season um, as a big play threat down the field on offense. Um, you know, the running back position is pretty stacked. They have Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, who was a first round pick in 2018, DJ Dallas, a uh, local guy from UM, was a fourth-round pick. So they have a lot of uh, depth there. And, you know, defensively, this is a team that is certainly in transition. Um, you know, they spent the first-round pick on the defensive line last year. LJ Collier didn't contribute much. He was injured. Um, Bobby Wagner, obviously, is still there. They added a first-round linebacker in Jordan Brooks to kind of give them a real nice uh, starting set there with K.J. Wright, another veteran. But, you know, a lot of the focus has to be on the secondary, which has been totally remade. Shaquille Griffin is their top cornerback, but he's entering a contract year, which probably is one of the reasons they traded for Quentin Dunbar. But now, you know, who knows if both of those guys are going to be there beyond this year. Um, to me, I don't really like the Seahawks as far as being a legit Super Bowl contender, even though they have Russell Wilson, who I think is criminally underrated. I think he's absolutely a top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, with better coaching and a better system and better protection, I think he would be even a, a bigger star than he is. Um, but he's really the reason that this team has been able to make the playoffs, you know, so consistently, even though he doesn't get a lot of respect. And by that, I mean, the guy has not gotten a single MVP vote in his entire career, which is absolutely insane for a guy with a Super Bowl ring, the largest contract. But for me, I think they're definitely going to compete. But I mean, I kind of see them as more of a nine and seven type of team that's kind of fighting to make maybe that seventh wild card spot. But I don't think they're a legit Super Bowl contender just because I don't really love their offense. And I think their defense outside of Bobby <clears throat> Wagner, um, I don't really see a lot of premier playmakers and that's how that team was built. And I just don't see the pass rush. I don't see a lockdown corner. Um, and for me, they're just a little bit below the rest of the teams in this in this division as far as their upside. So, Andrew, you know, what are you expecting from Seattle? Um, do you think they have enough weapons on offense? And is this defense championship caliber, or are they still quite a few pieces away from, you know, kind of remaking themselves as an, an elite unit? Yeah, well, with the Seahawks, you know, all things start and end with Russell Wilson. Um just an absolute superstar, in my opinion. Um, I think it's ridiculous um, that he hasn't received an MVP vote. And, you know, it doesn't really make much sense, um, if any. Um, and, you know, I know, you know, this, when you think Seahawks, you think defense and running the ball. Um, and it's kind of a little questionable, especially since you do have Russell Wilson there. Um, last year, they ran for 137 yards per game. That's fourth in the NFL. Um, so, you know, with Brian Schneider, I think is still there. Um, sorry, Brian Schoenheimer. Sorry about that. But Brian Schneider is there. But Brian Schoenheimer, the offensive coordinator, you know what he's going to do. He's going to run, run, run. And, you know, I think that with Chris Carson there, I think Chris Carson is a very good back. Um, obviously the questions of injuries and all that other stuff, um, remain. Um, <clears throat> and I, I did like the Rashad Penny pick, um, but it's still unfortunate that we haven't gotten to see much of him as well. Um, but again, things go with Russell Wilson, uh, DK Metcalf, they drafted last year in the second round, um, had a very good season for a rookie. Um, I think that you're going to see, 
uh, him kind of break out there. And Tyler Lockett, obviously, with everything that he's able to do um, last year, uh, quietly one of the better receivers, I would say, probably in the NFC West. Um, Not many people give him credit. Um, And they finished 11-5 and last year. And I think Pete Carroll is probably one of the better coaches um, in the league. Um, So can they keep it up? You know, they score 25 points per game, and that puts them at ninth in the the NFL. Um, I think they could be very good. I mean, I think, uh, again, everything boils down to Russell Wilson. And, you know, I think you agree with me when we we say that he's an absolute superstar. Um, So that's basically it on the Seahawks. I mean, their defense is always going to be – in my opinion, kind of steady as long as they have Bobby Wagner there. Um, he's like the Russell Wilson of that defense and KJ Wright, uh, his running mate for like the past, what is it, like seven, eight years. Um, so, you know, I think it's not going to be a lights out defense that we're used for, to hear from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but they're going to be they're going to be decent, I feel like. And um, especially with Russell Wilson, I think they'll be vying for a playoff spot for sure. <clears throat> yep, and that'll do it for the Seahawks. I mean, like we said, they're a team that will go as far as their quarterback takes them, but uh, ultimately they definitely seem a notch or two below from their prime years, you know, four or five years ago. But it's it's impossible to count them out when you have, you know, the league's highest paid player and a guy that should have more MVP love um, in Russell Wilson. So we're going to pivot actually to a team that is – unlike the Seahawks has not been successful in the past few years, but in my opinion is ready to make a gigantic leap in um, year two of the Cliff Kingsbury era. And that is the Arizona Cardinals. Now this is a team that obviously took Kyler Murray first overall last year. And he actually had a somewhat underrated season in my opinion. And, you know, part of that is the fact that you play in Arizona where, um, you know, I can't name, anyone that would put them in their top five favorite NFL teams. But I think this is going to totally change this year. Um, You know, obviously the big fish that they landed was stealing DeAndre Hopkins from the uh, Houston Texans. Um, You know, Bill O'Brien apparently thought it was Christmas and just gave him away for nothing. Just wait till we get to the AFC South because I have – Absolute cannon fodder for Brian, uh, Bill O'Brien. And um, anyways, I want to stay positive <laughs> yeah, yeah, today yeah. because it's been, I, I, I can't get off on these tangents and just rip people. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is – I don't care if he's lost a step or two. I don't care, you know, if his yards per catch is declined. This guy is still one of the top five receivers in football. And he did all of that while playing for the Houston Texans, who, if you don't know, they have – uh, not surrounded him with the best supporting talent. And until Deshaun Watson came on, he had an absolute horrific quarterback, uh, you know, history. But now he gets to work with Kyler Murray, who is one of the most talented, dynamic dual threats in the league. And I think he's someone that's going to take a massive leap this year. Uh, we have, you know, 75-year-old Larry Fitzgerald still wandering around out there making catches over the middle. Um, Christian Kirk, I think, is underrated as a former second-round pick. I think he'll be really, really solid, um, you know, as like a third option. Um, so their offense has a lot of upside. Um, they obviously have Kenyon Drake, who once he didn't have to play for Adam Gase, he actually turned out to be a pretty good player, So which <laughs> has been a theme, uh, as we've seen. And, you know, they added Josh Jones in the draft, a guy that you liked a lot um, in the third round, which was a steal. Um, he could be a nice – 
swing tackle option as a rookie with a starting upside down the line. They have Marcus Gilbert there at right tackle, but he's um, getting up there in age and has had a lot of durability issues. But on offense, they definitely seem to have the pieces in place. They have like 12 receivers on their depth chart, which might not even be enough for Cliff Kingsbury because he likes to go five (laughs) wide. And I honestly would love to see him just go ballsy and just go total spread wide open, you know, that Madden formation empty. Um, Kenyon Drake's a great pass catcher, so I don't see it being impossible. Um, I definitely see this team pulling sort of like a Chip Kelly when he entered the NFL and just kind of took the league by storm with his like RPO stuff. I, I think this team has incredible upside on offense that they could just blow the doors off of everyone with, with the skill players they have. However, on defense, they're definitely not championship caliber. Um, you know, Isaiah Simmons, you know, we loved him as a prospect and think he's a great addition to that team. He's uh, super athletic and versatile. Um, Chandler Jones is there as well. Former Patriots player who's quietly become one of the best pass rushers and has a legit hall of fame case. If you actually look at his production it's once again, the fact that he makes a lot of sacks for a lot of bad teams in Arizona, but this might be the year that, you know, they actually take a leap forward. But the rest of the defensive line is is not outstanding. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their secondary, although Byron Murphy was a decent, you know, second round pick last year. Patrick Peterson has to rebound because, you know, after he got suspended for the PED stuff, he looked nothing like the I think he made like eight Pro Bowls to start his career. He didn't look anything like that um, last season and he's getting up there in age as well. So for me, the secondary is the big issue for them. And I'm not quite sure they have the guys to cover, you know, some of these targets in the NFC when you have to go against, you know, Drew Brees and you have to go against Aaron Rodgers and all these other guys, even in their own division with Jared Goff and the Rams offense and the 49ers who we're going to get to later, who I think are going to be really, really exciting to watch on that side of the ball. So for me, I love the Cardinals on offense. I think they have a legit chance to be top five in the NFL it all comes down to defense and that's an area where, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, even dating back to college, you know, when he was at um, Texas tech, um, his teams were terrible on that side of the ball, but they do have Vance Joseph who was, uh, you know, a former head coach himself and does bring a lot to the table from a defensive standpoint. And I think that, you know, you could speak to him a little bit more having been the Dolphins defensive coordinator in 2016. So maybe the coaching can kind of, lift up a, a, a unit that is not quite as talented, but ultimately I'm really excited to see their offense. And I think that if you're a fantasy football player, you should be drafting Arizona Cardinals players left and right. I think Carla Murray could have sort of like a Lamar Jackson breakout year. He has, in my opinion, more arm talent than Lamar Jackson, more accurate, um, obviously doesn't have great size, but I think this kid is going to be special, especially when you add DeAndre Hopkins to a to a team that already has Larry Fitzgerald and some other weapons. Yeah, uh, you know, much like the Seattle Seahawks, um, I feel like most things with the Arizona Cardinals are going to start with their second year quarterback with Kyler Murray. Um, I tweeted out a couple of nights ago how excited I am to watch Kyler Murray in his second year. A uh, little disappointed that I hear so many people um, kind of talk. Kyler Murray and you know say that you know he's not he's not the all-star player or anything and I'm like have you not watched his tape at all like I don't understand how people come up with these narratives um it really makes no sense to me um he had 3,722 yards passing last year which you know if you're a first year 
uh, quarterback. Like, that's pretty impressive. Not to mention 20 touchdowns to tw- only 12 interceptions as a rookie. Um, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, I can't wait for future seasons to see Kyler Murray blossom because you're right about Cliff Kingsbury. His offenses are always pretty good. Just ask Patrick Mahomes. Um, and if if you have players like Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and Andy Isabella, like you just have weapons everywhere. And you know the, their question mark is they're gonna is their running game if they even have one. I mean, it looks like at this point they are gonna run like zero personnel and have nobody in the backfield, um, which I wouldn't mind, especially with Kyler Murray running it because hell, he can just run it himself if he needs to. Um, but that O-line is pretty impressive. I know they added Justin Pugh last year. Um, DJ Humphreys at left tackle is pretty, pretty solid. Um, Jared Sweezy and Marcus Gilbert. Um, Marcus Gilbert's not as good as he once was, but, you know, it's not that bad of an offensive line, in my opinion, especially if you're going to have an air raid offense where you're just going to throw the ball all over the yard. It's, it's you know, I wouldn't say that you need to have – all these all-star linemen uh, just get the ball out quick, and it looks like that's what they're going to do. And I love that they drafted my guy, Josh Jones. Um, so that only makes it better there at tackle. Um, and, you know, you're completely right. The only question that this team has it, besides the running back position is obviously their defense. Um, drafting Isaiah Simmons um, is definitely going to help them. Uh, Like Futu, who they got um, in the fourth round last year, I think he's going to be a pretty good defensive, you know, that stud in the middle there of the defense next to Jordan Phillips. Um, But you're right, Chandler Jones, I feel like every year he puts up like 15 sacks and never gets any credit for it. Um, Jordan Hicks was a good signing last year. So the defense has the the possibility to be good. Um, And, you know, I think this is Vance Joseph's first year here. If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure someone will fact check me. Um, so I feel like a lot of things are pointing up for the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. I'm super excited for Kyler Murray. I think he may pull himself into an MVP conversation. We'll see. Yep, so they're definitely a team on the rise. And we're going to shift over to a team who, who I think is actually on the decline. And if you look at how they built their team, um, a lot of their decision-making was made in with the short term in mind, and now they're kind of paying for it and they're starting to, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. So obviously just two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the new England Patriots. And it's, it's just fascinating to watch how the NFL landscape can change in such a short time, because, you know, two years ago, the Rams looked like the newest version of the greatest show on turf with one of the most unstoppable offenses that I've seen in a while. And now, basically half that team is gone and Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. So, you know, this should give some teams hope that you can make a quick turnaround. And at the same time, it should also show that when you don't think of the long-term future, um, this could really come back to bite you. So the Rams obviously had to cut Todd Gurley this off season. And that was after paying him a ton of money and not getting great production or not, or not paying him. Right. So, you know, supposedly they he's still upset that they didn't pay him another seven and a half million. Um, that must first world problem. I think we're still waiting um, for them to pay him. So, I mean, honestly, he should pay them back for the shit that he did the last few years on the field. So he should be like, nah, nah, keep it. 
Yeah. And they also had to trade Brandon Cooks, who I'm still floored that this guy keeps getting traded for by like decent teams, even though, you know, he landed it in the Texans. But I mean, at this point, any trade that Bill O'Brien pulls off is not surprising me. Um, you know, as a Patriots fan and that witness one year, Brandon Cooks, he's he is what he is. He's a good deep ball receiver, but it says a lot that Sean Payton, Bill Belichick and Sean McVay have all traded for him and then got rid of him basically within a year or two. Um, you know, it's the guy just was overpaid and, and underproduced as well. Um, so that kind of leaves the Rams with a different kind of makeup. You know, now Cooper cup is obviously up there with Robert Woods as their top two options. I love both of those players. I think they're really good fits in their system. They got Van Jefferson in the second round, who is a very, very nice kind of Cooper Cup style receiver. Yeah, super elite um, at route be, running, Van Jefferson. Yeah, great hands and great route running. So to me, like that, absolutely, they are targeting a very specific type of receiver, and it is the opposite of Brandon Cooks, a guy that can actually run all the routes and catch. <laughs> um, so he fits in perfectly. Like, I mean, if you could have drawn up some type of comp, I mean, I think some hybrid of Cooper cup and Robert Woods would be exactly what Van Jefferson could be. So that was a nice pick there. Um, you know, other than that, their offense doesn't really impress me. I mean, their running back situation, they have cam Akers who they took in the second round, but he underwhelmed at FSU and Darrell Henderson, who they took in the third round last year, everyone hyped him up uh, to be like the possible successor to Todd Gurley. So we're going to see if that comes true. The main reason that I don't like the Rams is their offensive line is just not anywhere near where it was a couple of years ago. Andrew Whitworth um, is ex- getting up there in age. If not, I mean, I don't even know how this guy's going to make it through another season. Um, <laughs> and the rest of their offensive line, you know, when Jared Goff doesn't have great protection, he looks terrible. He looks like Mark Sanchez. When he has great protection, he is a very capable quarterback. But ultimately, I, I think he's extremely overrated, and I think they're going to regret that contract they gave him as well. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, they almost lost Michael Brockers, but he ends up coming back um, after a physical you know issue uh, during his uh, examination with the Ravens. So he's back. Ashawn Robinson in the middle. Aaron Donald obviously is the key uh, for them on the, that defensive line. But outside of him, they don't have a lot of pass rushers. Robinson and Brockers are great run stuffers, but they provide zero in the pass rush game. Um, they did get Terrell Lewis from Alabama in the third round to replace um, the linebacker that left for the Raiders. Uh, Littleton. His name is escaping. Littleton. Yes. Corey yeah, Littleton, Littleton, who is a rising star. They brought in Leonard Floyd, who was a flame out in Chicago. Um, but for me, you know, it all comes down to the secondary and the pass rush. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has to prove that he was worth that huge price that they paid, and he still needs another uh, contract extension. Um, the rest of the secondary is pretty young. You know, John Johnson and Taylor Rapp at safety, both are recent picks, uh, you know, day two picks. But for me, I think the Rams, their issue is that they, they traded away a ton of draft capital for proven stars. Some of those moves worked out. Some of them didn't. They don't have a lot of salary cap space and they kind of mortgage their future to some degree. And to me, I just don't think the offense is going to be anywhere near where it was before, even though I think, you know, their wide receivers are really solid, but the offensive line is a question and I'm not quite sure they have the pass rushers outside of Aaron Donald. You know, if I'm a, if I'm an offensive team or if I'm an offensive coach, I mean, I'm obviously double or triple teaming him and there's really no one else on that front seven that really scares me as far as a pass rusher. So for me, I think the Rams, although they have a great coach in Sean McVay 
and a good system on offense. I think they're another team that's kind of struggling, maybe nine and seven type of team for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's where I'll start off is with Sean McVay. Um, you know, when you, when you think of these Los Angeles Rams, you think offense with Sean McVay. And I think this is the year that they are, you know, they're going to really see what Sean McVay's all made out of. Um, you know, I, there's something there wanting to tell me that this team is going to be good. Um, but with everything that you just outlined, like, can they overcome not having Todd Gurley? Um, can they overcome not having that, you know, not even a leap, but just decent pass rusher to go alongside Aaron Donald so he's not triple teamed? Um, you know, I really like the Terrell Lewis pick, but with all those ACL surgeries, I don't even know how he's still walking. Um, you know, that 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 defensive backfield there is definitely – it's all Jalen Ramsey and, you know, hope someone makes a play on the other side if it's not Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I really like Cam Akers. Um, I think um, – I, I actually disagree with you. I think Cam Akers is going to be a really good player. Um, I think he might be kind of like a Dalvin Cook kind of player, and I don't want to seem like that person that compares the, him to FSU just because they both went there. I don't think that at all. I just think if you watch Cam Akers' tape, he has a really good tape. Um, Darrell Henderson – Definitely, I I agree with you on that one. I don't know why everybody was claiming him like Todd Gurley light or something. Um, and that that O line is just atrocious outside of Andrew Whitworth. You know, I don't know how he's been able to be so elite the past three or four years because you're right, he is old. And you know, I don't know why Cincinnati gave up on him so soon, but you know, he it's like he found the fountain of youth in Los Angeles and, you know, is still one of the top left tackles. But besides that, you really have no help there on that, o- on that O-line. And, you know, was committing to Jared Goff a mistake? I guess we'll have to see. Um, I think he is not a bad quarterback. He's kind of just, you know, average there. Um, and unfortunately, average quarterbacks get paid in the NFL, as we saw with Ryan Tannehill. Um, and it's all just what you put around the quarterback. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, definitely they went on into the win now mode and I feel like their window is kind of closed. So, um, you know, that's basically the Rams, uh, you kind of hit on everything. I don't want to sound too much like an echo there, but you know, we'll see what it is, but you know, they're kind of on the outside looking in at this point. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That was really the the nail on the head there as far as their window being closed already. And it just shows that, you know, with a few contractual decisions either way, you can really hamstring your team in the long run. And now I think they're going to end up paying the price. Um, and that obviously leaves us with one more team in the NFC West to cover, and that would be the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers, um, a team that has a lot of continuity. So, you know, they should be right back in it. They did obviously trade DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts for the 13th overall pick, but that ended up helping them land his replacement at a younger, cheaper rate. And that is Javon Kinlaw, their top pick in the 2020 draft. And I mean, this is a guy that we both love, has a lot of upside, no problem fitting in on the top defensive line, in the NFL with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas. Yeah, and, that's, know, the fact that's, that D Ford is basically the fifth guy in that rotation is pretty. Impressive. That's the scariest D line. I feel like in the league right there. 
one hundred percent. I mean, if Solomon Thomas can't get at least five sacks, who's gonna block? I don't know what to tell you. He's gonna have a free. Basically, when you have Nick Bosa (laughs) and Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead, I think that takes at least five offensive linemen to block. (laughs) So I'm no math quiz, but that means Solomon Thomas should be able to walk right back and touch the ball. Yeah. Um. Anyways, besides that, their defense is actually really, really good, and I love Quan Alexander and Fred Warner. Um, and Drake Greenlaw. When I watched 49ers games, I thought Greenlaw looked really good. And I think this is a guy that could have pro ball upside. So they have a lot of speed at linebacker, which I love because that's how they win in the NFL these days. Obviously, their secondary is also returning, you know, all their starters there with uh, Jaquiski Tart and, and Jimmy Ward at safety. Richard Sherman had a really nice year, bet on himself, and it paid off. Um, you know, they don't have a ton of, like, young talent there at corner as far as guys that you – have a lot of faith in but for now i think they definitely have 100 percent of super bowl caliber defense on the offensive side of the ball i love debo samuel i'm so pissed that the patriots didn't draft him and they took Nikhil harry instead um, because i think he's an absolute stud uh, great after the catch perfect for that system they took another excellent fit with brandon Ayuk in the first round and he's another guy that should be excellent in that system really good after the catch very strong the, the crown jewel, of course, is trading for Trent Williams, who sat out last season, which tells you all you need to know about playing for the Redskins. So actually, maybe Quinn Dunbar did the right thing by getting his way out of there. So that basically addressed a, a, a need that popped up and there should be no you know, issue there because Joe Staley retired after a great career with the 49ers. He spent his whole NFL career in San Francisco, but, you know, to be able to go from him to Trent Williams is probably an upgrade, if anything. And even if it's just a short term move, I mean, that's, that's the kind of move you make when you're, when you were, you know, basically a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. Now you ensure that Jimmy Garoppolo has good protection. The rest of their offensive line is pretty solid. Mike McGlinchey, former first-round pick at right tackle. Uh, Jared, you know, George Kittle is, to me, the best tight end that the NFL seen since Rob Gronkowski, um, the good Rob Gronkowski, not the weird wide receiver-looking one that's going to be <laughs> Tampa Bay. Um, <laughs> although, you know, it was kind of strange to see them trade uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, they traded him to the Dolphins. No, right? no, no. That was um... – Oh, that's Matt yeah, Breda. Matt Breda. Breda. Right. Okay. So, anyways, Raheem Mostert is still there in with the 49ers. I, I owe you guys for that one. But that guy was a stud in the playoffs and late in the season. I think he's really good, extremely fast. I think the ter- the Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon signings were mistakes, and it just goes to show that we were proven right with Mostert and Brita like emerging as you know these guys that no one wanted. And uh, McKinnon and Coleman are highly paid and basically contributed very little to their success. Um, but on offense, I think, you know, I don't think they're dominant, but I think they have the right guys to succeed in that system. And it's all going to come down to Jimmy G. You know, a lot, he drew a lot of criticism for his Super Bowl performance. And a lot of people even wondered if the 49ers might move on from him for Tom Brady or someone else this offseason. Ultimately, he's still there. Uh, but I still think he has a lot left to prove. You know, hasn't been healthy all the time in his NFL career. Last year was the first year he stayed healthy. And, you know, he had a decent season, but – I don't think anyone thinks that he's, you know, suddenly become Tom Brady 2.0 or even, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber guy. So this is a big year for him. I think if he doesn't succeed, I definitely think San Francisco is going to look to make a change at quarterback um, next year. And, you know, but for me, I think overall, this is a team that has a ton of continuity. They added two 
really good talents in the first round in Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk. So I think they're going to be right up there again as one of the NFC favorites. I think they're easily like a 12-win team again. And I am very interested to see if Garoppolo makes strides because if he does, if he does take it to the next level, I definitely think they got to be a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, uh, I absolutely love the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I love everything that Kyle Shanahan has done with this team. Um, besides maybe the running back woes that you brought up there. Um, but besides that, I just think he's such, he's, you can, he's like a, he's like that extra 13th player there for the San Francisco 49ers on the field. Um, and just in the way that he draws up his offense, um, and it's so good with Debo Samuel. Um, and now that they, that they brought in that first round pick with Brandon Ayuk. Um, who a lot of people are very high on, um, think that he probably should have been like, you know, maybe first or second wide receiver off the board, but um, that they got him in the first round with Javon Kinlaw is just, it's fascinating. Um, And, you know, that they have George Kittle there as well on offense with the 49ers. Um, I just, I, I feel like this might be the best team in the NFC I know it's a little too early to say that, especially since all we get to do is look at rosters. Um, but that they lost Joe Staley and then replaced them with one of the best, probably, ah, fuck it, I'll go with it. He's the best left tackle in the game with Trent Williams. Um, I mean, other than besides liking the player, I feel like he would do that nine to- like 10 out of 10 times. Um, and then Lincoln Tomlinson at left guard, Weston Richburg, who I think is really good at center. Um, and Mike McGlinchey, who you mentioned at right tackle, I think that's going to be a really good offensive line that you can run behind. Um, so I feel like that's probably why Raheem Mostert had a really good um, playoff run there. Um, Kyle Juszczyk doesn't get, I think, nearly as much of attention as he should because he can line up at tight end. Um, and he's just a run your head through the freaking wall kind of fullback that clears those lanes for Raheem Mostert. Um, so that offense is stacked. I think that NFC, that the 49ers are definitely going to make another Super Bowl run. Um, do, do you think, before I go into their defense, do you think that, um, that you're going to see much of a Super Bowl hangover for these Niners? Um, no, I don't. And one of the reasons is I think they have a great head coach in Kyle Shanahan, who not only is fantastic from a scheming perspective, but I think he definitely – knows how to manage a team and knows how to motivate his players. They have a a young team in general, like, you know, especially on offense, a lot of young weapons, but um, I really respect the way they built the team. I think they're very tough. And, you know, John Lynch is the GM, not that he has anything to do with, you know, being down there on the field, but they just seem to have like a lot of alpha male personalities that are very focused on winning. And they kind of reminded me of like how the Patriots built their early dynasty with, you know, strong character guys, you know, like Nick Bosa, you know, he's a worker, you know, Richard Sherman has championship experience um, on offense. George Kittle's like, basically, like I said, I mean, he reminds me a lot of Rob Gronkowski and like his attitude and toughness and leadership. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo spent, you know, his early career in New England and watching Bill Belichick and Tom Brady go to work. Um, he definitely checks the boxes from a leadership perspective. Um, Trent Williams is a guy that's super motivated to not only cash in again, but he also has never tasted, you know, playoff success before like this. Um, so to me, I think 
the the prevailing thing is that they bring in the right guys to their system and they're not a soft team. I mean, if anything, I think they're extremely tough and physical and intimidating, especially on defense. So for me, I don't expect any hangover. If anything, I think, you know, they know they were so close to winning that Super Bowl championship that it should only motivate them further to, to get over the hump. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's why I kind of bring it up there. Um, so let me get into the defense real quick. Everything I said about Kyle Shanahan, you could kind of equate the same thing over to the defensive side of the ball with Robert Sala. Um, just has great players all up and down that roster. Um, definitely one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. I wouldn't be surprised to see him land a head coaching job um, next year, if not the year after. Um, but like I interrupted you in your soliloquy with the with the D line, I don't see how you can stop that D line um, with Eric Armstead, D Ford, Solomon Thomas, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa. Like you're just not going to be able to stop it. Um, and you know, with with Richard Sherman, there's been a lot of talk that he's lost a step. You know, because of. <clears throat> the way that he was not able to guard one of the fastest receivers in the league, which to me is complete bullshit. You know, I don't think Richard Sherman has lost a step. I think he just went up against Tyreek Hill and guess what? Not many cornerbacks could cover Tyreek Hill anyways. So um, I think everybody needs to hold off on all that talk about Richard Sherman. He's still an elite shutdown corner. Um, and you know, I just, I really like this San Francisco 49ers team. I would not be surprised to see them back in the Super Bowl if not winning it. Um, but I think the biggest things that need to be answered if they're going to have all this success, like I'm predicting, um, is going to be the development of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of his. Um, I don't think he's bad. I just don't think, um, I just don't think he's as good as a lot of people think he is. I know it's he gets a lot of praise as, you know, this is the guy that Bill Belichick picked to replace Tom Brady talk. Um, but, you know, I just uh, – to me, I just see an average of, you know, an average quarterback that could play. And I not gonna, I refuse to use the, the terms that everybody uses, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but he's just – just a solid quarterback, and I feel like if you're going to win the Super well, with the team the 49ers have, you don't need to have an elite quarterback. So um, I think I think the world of the San blah, 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 blah. I think the world of the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll see what happens up here in uh, 2020, 2021. Absolutely, and I'm equally as high on the 49ers, and I think that overall the NFC West is a great division to cover because it's really hard to – knock a lot of these teams especially the 49ers and cardinals for how they're building their teams now they kind of like were cellar dwellers behind the rams and seahawks the last few years but i think you know the way they've attacked and built but, yeah the way that they drafted and built this team is just hits it's phenomenal it, yeah it's hit phenomenal. after hit on, on the in the draft dude absolutely and i think uh you know the rams are kind of biting the bullet and realizing that when you trade away draft picks and you kind of invest all that money in big name stars it doesn't always pay off now they haven't been able to add talent through the draft in the first round you know they're paying for the Jalen Ramsey trade the Brandon Cooks trade the Jared Goff trade um, so you know that's kind of hurting them in the Seahawks I mean despite actually having a a Super Bowl 
caliber and Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, they actually haven't drafted that well. They haven't got a lot out of their drafts in the last few years after building their original dynasty or, you know, maybe they weren't a dynasty, but they built the best defense in, in NFL history, arguably, through the draft. But they haven't been able to replicate that success. And now we're kind of seeing what happens when the Cardinals and the 49ers are able to do that. And look how quickly they're able to jump up in the standings and really have bright futures ahead so you know we've covered the nfc west today we did the nfc north last time and, and we've also covered the nfc east so we will finish up on our next episode next week with the nfc south a division that obviously has a lot of changes at quarterback so that'll be interesting but for now you know we're going to sign off and um good luck to the nfc west this year i think uh the cardinals are going to surprise a lot of people and i think the 49ers are going to be right back in the Super bowl mix so thanks again for tuning in to tackles and turnovers uh with myself steven and andrew you can follow us on twitter and please let us know you know how we're doing what you'd like us to cover you know let us know if we're wrong about you know our opinions or who we project to win or whatever and don't try and tell me that the rams are going to be good because they're not so uh with that being said thanks for listening into uh episode five Six, episode six today, and uh, episode seven, we'll finish up with the NFC, and then we'll move on to the AFC, which is a wide-open conference with Tom Brady gone. So thanks again, and we look forward to uh, bringing you more NFL content and talking more shit about NFL GMs on tackles and turnovers.